This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate, so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K through 12th grade curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. If you want to bring IXL to your school, you can learn more at IXL.com backslash B-E. That's IXL.com backslash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, activity periods, RTI, therapy, and teacher appointments, and much more. With its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com backslash BE. This is Dr. Karen, and this is the Are They 18 Yet podcast, where I help parents raise independent, self-sufficient kids without sacrificing their own identity and sense of purpose. I'm here to share practical day-to-day solutions for raising kind, successful, well-adjusted human beings, and actionable advice for supporting systemic changes so we can make this world a more inclusive, accepting place now and for future generations. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Karen, and welcome to episode 69 of the Are They 18 Yet podcast. In this episode, I wanted to share a special Q&A I did on a Facebook Live a while back on grammar and topic maintenance. So some of these questions came up in my Language Therapy Advanced Foundations members group, and I thought they were really useful based on a lot of the questions that I get on a weekly basis, and I thought it would be beneficial to share this to people who are interested in joining Language Therapy Advanced Foundations or just interested in learning how to support kids in their language development and their social-emotional development as well. So I briefly cover grammar at the very beginning, but I really get into the subject of topic maintenance. So what that means, if you're not familiar, is just basically being able to maintain a topic appropriately during a conversation. So as you may know, having a conversation with someone requires you to pay attention to a lot of subtle social cues that may or may not be obvious to many people. A lot of times we do it intuitively without realizing it. And there are a number of reasons why someone might have a difficult time staying on topic when they're having a conversation. And oftentimes when this happens, it can be difficult to engage with someone, it can be difficult to get a straight answer to a question that you might ask, or people just find it a little bit awkward and 
it can be challenging to know how to support kids when we see issues with topic maintenance. Now, I've definitely revised my thoughts on how to work on this and whether or not topic maintenance should even be a goal for therapy. Traditionally, it's been kind of lumped under what's referred to as pragmatic language therapy or social skills therapy. I typically don't use those terms to describe it anymore just because I think there is a more accurate way to to explain it. So in this particular episode, what I get into is just some of the reasons why someone might be appearing to have issues with topic maintenance, but really the reason that I don't necessarily recommend focusing on that as kind of the main goal with kids is that it's often a symptom of another issue that needs to be addressed. And it just makes more sense to work on that other skill that's causing the, quote, topic maintenance issues. So in this particular episode, because this was a question that came up in my Language Therapy Advanced Foundations members group, and because this program really focuses on the academic aspect of language processing, so the language that's required to do things like comprehend what you're reading, participate in academic discussions, and participate in writing assignments. And so obviously, you know, language that applies to academic settings, but also could be useful in life in a vocational setting, or just in other functional settings. Because I was really talking about it within that context, I focus on just one of the culprits behind what might appear to be topic maintenance issues. So there are a number of things that can cause this. Number one, sometimes kids might not be processing language and it takes them a little bit longer to respond and that can cause topic maintenance issues. But then the other thing can be that they are struggling with perspective taking, which is a whole other conversation. So again, because I'm talking more about language processing, I really dive into that in this episode, but I am aware that There are obviously some other conversations to be had around this skill, but the main thing is that this is a goal that pops up on a lot of language IEPs or just IEPs in general, and I think it's really important that we rethink what's what's going on here and really make sure that we're focusing on the cause of the issue rather than just the symptoms. Because when we're focusing on the symptoms, what happens then, especially when we're thinking about things like social skills, then what happens is that we are trying to teach kids these skills without really diving deeper into what's going on internally with them and what's causing it. And we can get what's known as shallow compensation, where we're trying to teach kids these these social behaviors And because we're not really addressing the root issue, they're not really able to generalize. And the behaviors that we see are kind of awkward and it's stressful for them because they don't really know how to use the skills that we're teaching them. And it's just, it's not really a good situation for anybody because we don't get that good generalization. They don't necessarily learn to take the perspectives of others. And then they also might not get those underlying language skills that could be causing the processing skills to begin with. So I thought this would be a useful Q&A session to share to shed some light on that topic. Again, I just talk about one of the culprits behind topic maintenance issues, but there are certainly other ones as well. 
So before I get going and share this Q&A, I wanted to mention that during this session, I do mention my webinar several times where you can get more information about what's covered in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations and how the framework works. So definitely check the show notes for that. So that'll be in the, the, the description of this podcast episode. And also, if you are interested in learning more about the framework that I teach and you want to just go right to the course enrollment page, you can check that out at drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. Again, to go directly to that enrollment page and get kind of an outline of what's covered in the program, just go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. So now let's get to the Q&A. I had some great questions in my language therapy advance group this week that I wanted to hop in and answer. Initially, I intended to go live in the group, but I thought I would go live on my page partially because I couldn't get Facebook live to work, but partially because I thought this might be helpful for anybody who's interested in the course. So one of the first questions that I got this week was, how do I go about teaching grammar for kids with language disorders? And how is that covered in the program? So I wanted to answer that really quickly and obviously share a couple of resources where you could get more information about the approach that I teach. But when it comes to grammar with language therapy, there are a million different grammatical structures that you could be teaching, and we don't have time to get to all of them. And the thing is, is that we don't have to because a lot of the grammar worksheets that are out there and a lot of the approaches are very rigid and structured and decontextualized and drilling them in a very um, drill-based context alone doesn't really result in increases in language comprehension and expression. And the child might be able to do the activity in that setting, but then it doesn't carry over to other settings and result in a lasting improvement. And then there are always questions about developmental norms and what's age appropriate, at what age, what pronoun should kids be doing at this age, and what verb tenses, and all of those things. And while we do have some developmental milestones charts available to us, a lot of them get a little less specific or just stop after about age six. And that's because in the school age years, language growth isn't linear. So we don't really see like, this is what kids should know at second grade. And this is what kids should know at sixth grade. There's not necessarily a hierarchy of which grammatical skills and which vocabulary they should have at a certain age, because language growth is so dependent on environment. And so when it gets into the school age years, because everyone's environment is different based on geography and curriculum and cultural background, it gets really hard to pinpoint what is what school age developmental norms are. So the more important question to be asking is what are some key skills that are going to have a big impact on the child's ability to learn and use English in in the the school age setting. And and so a lot of people in my program obviously are are working with kids who want to be successful in English speaking settings. So that's what we're going to focus on here. What things are correlated with 
increased comprehension and expression when it comes to grammar and syntax when you're speaking English. Well, some of the skills that are really important are things like complex sentences and conjunctions and teaching kids to use subordination. And then also what's really important is that we do want to pick high quality vocabulary. So that's the first step. We want to make sure that we're using tier two words and things like that. So that part's really important. But what's also important is that we have to have a system for studying those words. And the system for studying those words is not just about trying to drill definitions. We should never just be drilling and trying to get kids to memorize things for a test and just forget them. What we really want to do when we're studying those tier two words with kids is teach kids how to be more meta and think about words differently. So when we're studying those vocabulary, we want to focus on components that are going to Um, Number one, build their vocabulary and comprehension. And number two, give us kind of a comprehensive system so that when we're building those vocabulary, we are addressing all the language components that kids are going to need in order to be successful in school and those English speaking settings. So we want to think about the language skills that are going to build vocabulary and that are also going to get us the biggest bang for our buck. And when it comes to grammar, a lot of the things that we get stuck on, and when I've seen a lot of grammar goals for SLPs, there are these skills that are just, uh, it's almost like um, kind of nitpicky where it's like, all right, their, their pronouns aren't perfect. Their verb tenses aren't, you know, they're making errors and things like that. And the thing is, is that we should be working on that type of thing, but we want to be embedding it within work on skills that's going to improve comprehension. Because what's going to happen is that if you're just focused on these really discrete skills and you're just kind of randomly targeting them, then it's not necessarily going to increase the kid's comprehension. And in order for them to make progress and for you to be able to incorporate, you know, embedded instruction on some of those things, they need the comprehension in order to be able to comprehend what they're reading and use those skills. So that's why we focus more on things like expanding sentences and improving production of complex sentences and use of those things, because that's what's going to give kids more practice to work on those other skills. And that really, when you're focusing on that structure of the sentence, that can help you to give kids a context and a structure for using those vocabulary words and also using the grammar. So this is the process that I walk people through and Language Therapy Advance focuses on the meta skills that you need in order to build vocabulary and also work on those components in a sequence that's based on research So all the components that I teach and all the strategies that I teach are research-based, but I've just sequenced it for you so that you know what order to work on, work on what. And so when you go through that process, you can know that you're working on 
vocabulary in the way that you need to for kids to make progress. You know that you're building the comprehension skills that kids need and the language skills that kids need in order to support comprehension. And you also know that you're working on the right skills from a grammar and syntax standpoint so that you're covering your bases because we don't have to directly target every single grammatical skill that kids don't have. What we want to do is directly focus on the ones that make the biggest impact, and then we can embed instruction on those other things within there. So that's what's really important, because then when you're working on those other things like pronouns and verb tenses, then you're embedding it in contextualized instruction instead of teaching it discreetly. And so when you work on those things, it's actually going to make a bigger impact and have better generalization. So a lot of times when we're focusing on these these skills and we're kind of just doing this and then this and then this, and they're all just disjointed, then then that makes it overwhelming for us to plan. And it also doesn't necessarily help solidify those skills for students. So we want to have that balance between the two. So in Language Therapy Advanced, the skills that I work on targeting for vocabulary, we, we work on semantics, phonology syntax, morphology, and orthography so that we're supporting comprehension, we're supporting grammar and syntax, and then we're also supporting the skills that kids need in order to understand the parts of words so that we're supporting spelling and reading and decoding as well. And all of this together is what's going to give you a solid system for doing the right instruction that's going to support grammar. So grammar is really worked into that system. So that's the first part of the question. The first part of the question was, all right, what's the approach for grammar? So that's the first thing. The second thing was I had a question come up about how do we explain topic maintenance and how that is, why that's something that a speech pathologist would work on for a child with a language processing issue. And how do we explain that to parents and teachers why we're working on that? So partially that does fall under the area of pragmatics, but what can happen, so I'm going to talk about it not from the um, the end of uh, how it's often talked about for, for kids who might be on the spectrum, but more so for how that can be impacted by things that have to do with language processing. So obviously... If you have a child who is taking a little bit longer to process and let's say that, you know, they're in the middle of a conversation and they might be saying something that is related to something that was being talked about a couple minutes ago, or maybe they're in a classroom discussion and it's taking them a while to comprehend and get the big picture or you're reading with them and they're answering the questions in a way that it's sort of on topic, but not exactly relevant to what you're talking about. It's possible if a child is having a hard time understanding the words and the sentences and understanding just making sense of what's going on, it's there's a chance that the things that they might say might seem a little bit off topic if they're not fully understanding what's going on. So working on things like vocabulary and building comprehension are going to make it easier for them to stay on topic and answer questions in a way that's relevant. Because if you're just 
working, let's say that you're reading with a child and they don't have the adequate understanding of sentence structure to be able to understand one sentence at a time. Obviously, if you ask them a question about the story, they might say something that seems a little bit off. So it could impact topic maintenance that way. Building those comprehension skills are going to build the language skills that your kids need in order to understand the main idea and the gist of what they're saying. A lot of times teachers will focus on that stuff, but they won't be focusing on the syntax and the vocabulary and the grammar. And and that's because within that lesson, they might be teaching the rest of the kids how to do main idea and details and comprehension strategies, which is fine if you have the language skills to support that. But a lot of times the kids on our caseload don't. So they do need some additional instruction on things like um, like syntax and grammar and vocabulary to support that comprehension so that they can actually respond to those interventions. So that's one reason why we might be working on things like topic maintenance. It can be part of comprehension. It can also be something that um, that does fall under the realm of pragmatic language. And so sometimes, um, you know, kids might get really like perseverate on a specific topic that's highly interested to them and then not talk about something that's relevant to the other people. And so that's something that's often worked on in in social skills therapy for autism. And so it is something as a as a language specialist you can work on as well. What we want to be careful of is that we don't want to just go in there and kind of therapize kids. And what I mean by that is just teach them this set of arbitrary rules of this is the way that you're supposed to act without really understanding why they're doing that. So if you have a child, let's say who is on the spectrum and they are focusing on one specific topic within a conversation and it's impacting the way that they're able to interact with their peers, if if people are, you know, not wanting to talk to them or or whatever, it's impacting them socially. What you really want to understand is number one, why like understand why they're doing that? Is it because they're not paying attention? Is it, you know, because they are so excited about that topic that they really want to share and they're still, you know, processing what was going on five minutes ago? Is is that why they're sticking on that topic? Um, really just understanding why and what they want. Because um, we don't want to just teach them this arbitrary set of rules without understanding what's important to them and what they want and understanding what is important to them as far as being successful. A lot of times we might be like, well, you're supposed to do it this way because this is how you make friends and this is what you're supposed to do at recess. Well, I think it's, you really just want to make sure that you understand, um, for example, like, are they interested in forming relationships with those people that they're talking to? Do they want to find somebody else that maybe is really interested in those topics that they're interested in? How do they want to connect with people? Um, like when they're when they have their social time and their leisure time, um, what's something that feels recharging for them? So just understanding those things. And then once you have an understanding of that, then you can start working on specific skills 
because again, we don't want to think about, okay, what's important to me and how do I think that this child should be acting in said setting? We also want to consider their wants and needs. And then once we have an understanding of that, then we can talk about, okay, how is this impacting you and what skills can we teach you in order to help you be successful in these situations? And if it is a situation where, for example, they might be um, saying things that the teacher sees as disruptive in class, then we can kind of figure out, what's going on there? Why is a student doing what they're doing? And how can we help them to align whatever it is with up, up with helping them be successful? So it's really not necessarily when we're talking about topic maintenance and social skills, it's not necessarily like these are the rules. It's more like, okay, how do we help this student be functional and successful in this situation? Um, and uh, And yeah, a lot of times it is, there is some element of, you know, it, it is important to be understanding of what's going on and how your behaviors are impacting other people, because that's going to have an impact on how successful you are. And, um, you know, if you care about building relationships with these people, then, you know, to them, that might be something that would be motivating as far as working on those behaviors. So really, we want to just understand why they're doing what they're doing. But the way that I explain it to parents is number one, that that they could be, it could be a comprehension issue where they're just not processing in time. And so that's why a language specialist would be someone who works on that. But then another way that I would explain it is also just that, that yes, social skills and connection are part of communication and being that person who evaluates and uh, works with that person on how to be successful in those social social situations, that's also also a communication issue as well. So we can be that person who provides that support to help that person be successful, whether it be more of an academic language thing or whether it be more of a social language processing, um, nonverbal behavior and language type of issue. And so one of the other ways that we can explain it to people who aren't you know, parents or teachers is that we can say, yes, we work on language as far as vocabulary and comprehension, but we also work on the nonverbal aspects of communication and helping people navigate those types of things. And, and that is topic maintenance has to do with that as well, because it has to do with understanding nonverbal communication and knowing how to use it. So that can be another way that you can explain it. We can say we work on the verbal aspect of language, and then we also work on the nonverbal aspect of language and social skills and topic maintenance and understanding why people are um, performing the way that they are or doing what they are doing in social situations also has to do with nonverbal communication as well. So um, those are the things uh, that came up with this week in the group. And I will share below this video, I did mention that I cover a certain framework within my Language Therapy Advanced Foundations program. I will share the webinar below this video that is um, that goes over that overview of uh, the framework that I teach in the program for building comprehension. So thank you so much for listening. And, um, and yeah, I will... I will see everybody later.
this is a good place to wrap up. But as I said before, there are many things at play when we're when we have kids who aren't necessarily following along in the conversation. There could be more of a language processing issue, which means they're not processing the language, they're not understanding the vocabulary and the sentence structure. Or we could have more of an executive functioning issue, which which can play into perspective taking. So obviously there are a lot of things going on, but I know that when I was working in the school systems and I was supporting kids who were getting some kind of support, if they were struggling with reading, if they were struggling with academics, language processing was often an issue. And many times they needed some support with things like vocabulary and grammar and sentence structure and all of those things that that build those underlying language skills that kids need in order to process for academic tasks and for those vocational tasks. And as an SLP, I always really struggled initially to figure out where to start when it came to language therapy because there were so many different skills I could target and it was just really overwhelming. Many times when I first started out uh, in the school systems, I kind of felt like I was just randomly grabbing games and worksheets and apps and trying to cobble together this system that wasn't really working and it It took a lot of my time and energy to plan for those language sessions, but I didn't always see the fruits of my efforts. So that's why I went back to get my doctorate and specialize in language and literacy so I could figure out a good system for moving my students forward. And that is exactly what I show SLPs how to do in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations, which is, again, I did this special Q&A session for the members of that program. So if you're interested in joining, this is an example of something that you will get once you're in the program, except the difference is that you'll have the training modules and access to all the materials, so you'll have even more context as far as how to apply these specific strategies with your students. Additionally, and as this episode is going live, it is the end of July 2022, and I do have some special Q&A sessions, some extra Q&A sessions for members scheduled for this month. I know that we're at the end of July, so there is at least one of them left. So anyone who joins this month is going to get access to those additional live Q&A sessions. And then I'm also doing something that I don't normally do for members, and that is that I'm opening up my calendar for some one-on-one consults for some more in-depth advice and support for cases. It's not something that I normally have the bandwidth to do. However, with it being July and everyone's schedule being a little more open, I did have some extra time. So that is an additional thing that I offer for members who want to upgrade and have a one-on-one session with me to consult on specific cases. So that's for a limited time, those extra member calls and then the option to sign up for a one-on-one consult that is still going on as I am recording this episode, July 2022. So if you are looking for a better way to do language therapy, if you want to create a cohesive system, and then if you also want to have support during that process, which I offer throughout the year, I'm just doing a little extra support this summer. But if you want to have support 
through implementing that process, unlike a lot of the other professional development out there where it's kind of a one and done kind of thing and then you're left to implement it on your own, then now would be a great time for you to join us in Language Therapy Advanced Foundations. All you need to do to get more information about how to join is go to drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. Again, that's drkarenspeech.com backslash language therapy. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode. simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments without just teaching to the test, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com backslash BE to learn how IXL's research-based teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com backslash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into the master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com backslash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com backslash BE.